Marty Finley for uh, teaching last uh, Sunday. Much appreciated. We are in the middle of uh, BHR 6 and um, Building Healthy Relationships, talking about God's love, uh, really unpacking it because uh, God's love is filled with other specific things that are a part of the character of God. And... um, All of them are connected. We could spend, uh, from now until the time that uh, you and I die, uh, exploring the love of God in a very detailed way and uh, never run out of uh, fascinating and uh, encouraging and empowering understanding and uh, truth about uh, how God made us and what he made us for and who he is, who he is. Let's uh, pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being our Heavenly Father, for being the way you are, for showing us what goodness is, for showing us what love is. Father, thank you for sending your Son to show us, to not only make a way, but to show us the way, to be the way. Father, thank you for the truth and the love that he brought to us. Father, we need it so badly. Each one of us needs it so badly. Your love is the thing that... It's the reason for everything. It keeps everything going. Not only without you, but without your love, Father, things just would not be, they would not be. Father, thank you for the kindness and the mercy and the goodness that you have shown us. Thank you for your thoughtfulness toward us from before the beginning of creation. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, showing us empathy in the one man, the one God-man, Jesus the Christ. Father, thank you for teaching us, for helping us to learn spiritually. Father, I pray that you will help us to have hearts that are open to you, open to your truth, open to your love. There's so many things, Father, that uh, from our past that get in the way. There's so many things that, uh, so much noise that gets in the way even now. And Father, our own habits, our own patterns, our own thoughts get in the way of what you want for us. And I pray you'll help us to sort through this in such a way that we really can follow your son closely every day and learn from him every day. And I pray this in his name. Amen. Okay, one of the, um, the next things we're talking about is goodness. Inside of God's love is goodness. Goodness. 
You cannot know what love is without experiencing the goodness of God. Everything that is good comes from God. God is the only one who is good. Everything that's good comes from God. Now, what happens to it once it is in the world, it gets all mixed in with a bunch of other stuff. And sometimes people can't figure out where the good stuff comes from. They can't figure out why, oh, there's, I've had some good things happen to me in my life, and then some terrible things happen to me, and it's just a big mixed bag. They need to stop and think. You and I need to stop and think. There's only one source of good. One. Not multiple sources. One. If you don't pay attention to the living God who made all things, you will never know what good means. You will never know love. You will never know it until you know him. That is a fundamental truth. The character of God is what we find when we start looking into his love. We see that it shows his character. He loves us, but it shows his character. And we just read you some passages. And there is a, a wonderful tie-in, um, if we can make it through all this, a wonderful tie-in between um, some of the things we're going to look at here. And I, I just went ahead and gave you the big shot, because I, I think you might get tired of me going through this little box. But um, we, have, we have a whole set of things that are inside of God's love. And... If, if we're not paying attention to these things specifically, I'm not sure how we can actually learn to express the love that Christ has transformed us to express. You know, the Apostle Paul said the only thing that counts is being a new creation. And in the same letter to the Galatians, he says the only thing that counts is for you and I to express this love out of our trust in God. Faith, expressing itself in love. That's, that's what is about the new creation is about altogether. So you and I were made new. I still not, I'm not sure if every Christian really realizes that they were made new. Sometimes people just, I got baptized, so it's a milestone. No, you got made new. You're a new person. And even if you haven't behaved like a totally new person... <laughs> And your conduct is similar to what it used to be. You're, you are a new person. Because God says so. Because the power of God has been brought into the world to make you a new person. Through Jesus Christ. So, these are all the different things. We'll get to them. But you'll notice that after tenderness is goodness, generosity, patience, empathy, Thoughtfulness and compassion, which uh, those last few, I, I think uh, Marty started to talk about last time. Um, those all go together. You, these, are, these are the things that human beings need badly. This is what human beings want, uh, at least part of the time. You could ask any human being on the earth, would you like compassion? Yes, I would like compassion. Ask any human being anywhere on the earth. Would you like some kind of gentleness or tenderness in your interactions with human beings? They would say yes. They've had enough harshness. 
They're done with harshness. Harshness every day for some people. Thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness. Can you imagine how much better every marriage would be <laughs> if we really got this thing right? We actually understood the thoughtfulness of God? And that Jesus Christ is trying to teach us how to be more thoughtful human beings toward each other? Churches would flourish. Marriages would flourish. Families would flourish. Because thoughtfulness has something to do with the goodness of God. Um, all these things are connected. Now we'll get to the other things later. And there are a few things that maybe you wouldn't even guess. Um, but they, they are inside of God's love. Now... If you want to write down some scriptures, 2 Chronicles 6.41 says, O Lord God, may your loyal servants rejoice in your goodness. O Lord God, may your loyal servants rejoice in your goodness. What do loyal servants do? They rejoice in the goodness of God. So if you put that on your calendar for tomorrow morning, you put it on your to-do list, to rejoice in the goodness of God. I, you probably should. Anybody have a to-do list here for tomorrow? Okay. Bump everything else. Put this on the top of it. Put this on the top of it. I'm serious. Rejoice in the goodness of God. Yeah. And this is what, this is what the Psalms are about. You read a bunch of the Psalms, this is what it's about. That's what he's doing. David's trying to do this. Uh, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You know, this is Psalm 23. Renew my life with your goodness, Psalm 119.40. Renew my life with your goodness goodness. You know how badly people want to be made new and to be renewed, all this renewal stuff, you know, that goes on? People are interested in renewal. Why? Because you kind of get worn down, that's why. And the apostles teach that the renewing of the mind is happening all the time for those who are new creation in Christ. Through the Spirit of God, He's trying to renew you. And here the the goodness of God is what does it. The character of God. God is so good that being with him, spending time with him, listening to him, loving him, makes you feel a certain way. And it should. It should. Rejoice in the goodness of God. The, um, you want your life to be fresh, refreshed all the time, you seek out the goodness of God. Don't be bogged down with all of the evil that's in the world. This is the, uh, one of the problems I have with the way technology works with, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was in global telecoms for a while. Uh, global telecom stuff, global technology stuff, global broadcasting. One of the, the, the downsides, the big downsides to that is that now you have a multiplication and magnification of the evil. 
yeah, you can, you can magnify some good, too, if you really are focused, but, but Satan uses it to magnify the evil. And so you and I end up being overwhelmed, in a way, with all the evil going on. It's just ridiculous. Uh, but there's one thing that will renew your life, and it's the goodness of God. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. Psalm 145, verse 7. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. With all the things that are wrong in the world, you and I should be singing the praises of the one who is right, who is righteous, who is just, who is good. And everything that he says, everything he says, everything he does. We see in the New Testament some passages related to this, especially in Romans, uh, the 12th chapter, Romans 12, 9. Uh, Paul makes a distinction here. You know, we're talking about righteousness and goodness. Um, he makes a distinction. He's actually saying, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. You know, there's some people who really don't like to read that verse anymore. Romans 12, 9, they don't hate Yes, hate. It's the word. And it's out of Proverbs. It's all through the Bible. You and I must hate evil. Yes, because evil destroys. You get used to evil. You, you let evil coexist with you in your world and you will become evil. Evil destroys. You will get destroyed by evil. And this is one of the reasons why he goes on in that same chapter and he says... Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Verse 21 of chapter 12. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Doing what is right. Doing what God says. Over and over and more and more and more wholeheartedly. With more passion than before. Not less because you're getting worn down by an evil world. More passion than before. Because everything that goes on in the world that is evil is destructive. And it's headed for this giant, giant sinkhole that's going to be burning eternally called hell. Everything that is evil will end up there. Everything that is good will end up with the one who is good. And everything that he has made good, only good will be in that place. This is the way it's set up. This is the way it has to be with a just God. This is the way, this is reality. Um, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Acts 14, 17 says, He never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. Talking about people in the world, um, generally speaking, pagans, of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts 
Sometimes pagans don't even think about this. They are joyful when they're eating a lot of delicious food. It's fantastic. They love it. They got rain, they got crops, they got food, and now they even have some joy in their hearts because they get to eat, they get to be nourished. It's good. It comes from God. The God that at that moment they disavow. It's good. He has given evidence. This is what Romans 1 is about. He's given evidence of who he is and how good he is. Make no mistake about it. Acts 27, 24 says, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Now this is on that little... <laughs> uh, jaunt, it wasn't a, a yacht voyage, on this little jaunt, um, and it, he was basically, out of his goodness, he was keeping everybody on that voyage safe, even though it was just crazy, crazy um, wreckage type weather. Um, Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat and drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17. This, we just talked about these three things. Peace and joy. And goodness. That's what the kingdom of God is about. Not drinking and eating and other kinds of stuff. It's about the joy and the peace that you and I get to share in Jesus Christ. It's about the goodness that God is pouring out on us every day that we are walking in Jesus Christ. It's real time. I'm afraid that what's happened in the churches, we have had a backward-looking historical perspective on Christianity, as opposed to an operational, real-time perspective. What God has done, what he did in the first century, he is doing now. Okay? Now, <laughs> I, I know that the, the apostles, you know, were, were the ones doing, you know, the miracles and all this kind of stuff. I'm saying in terms of the character of God being poured out, all the spiritual blessings talked about in Ephesians 1 being poured out on you, it's real time. It's real time. Every single day that you're paying attention to the God who is good, he's trying to pour himself out. You have his spirit in you. He's trying to pour himself out into you. Romans 5, 5, pouring out this love of God through his Holy Spirit directly into your heart. Real time. It's operational. It's not in the past. I actually have to correct people in France and Quebec and other places who still think Jesus Christ is hanging on a piece of wood somewhere. And sometimes you drive through Quebec and you'll see in somebody's yard there's a, there's a cross out there and there's some statue still bleeding 
He's not on the cross. He's not still on the cross, man. And that, that was, <laughs> that was torture. That was torture so that the goodness of God could be seen. This is uh, the greatest thing about God's love. It's, it's real time. You need, you need more love today, right, Kevin? Yeah. You need more love today than you did yesterday. Probably. Yeah. You go through some tough stuff, you need more love than you, you had the day before. Where are you going to get it? You know, sometimes we're not, we're not helping in this process, but God's trying like crazy to pour it out into us so that we can comfort each other, so that we can love each other, so that we can actually be tender with each other, thoughtful with each other. I'm so glad that there are thoughtful people in this congregation. It really helps me that there are thoughtful people in this congregation. If you're new and you haven't seen, experienced all the thoughtfulness of these people, please stay around for a while because there is thoughtfulness here because of the character of God. Before everything was made, God was thinking about you. He was giving thought to you. To you. Awesome. Um, one last thing having to do with the goodness of God. 1 Peter 2.9 You can show others the goodness of God. The Apostle Peter said, this is what you can do. You can show the goodness of God to the people around you. You don't have just to be talking about small talk and just about sports or about weather. Or you, you can actually show them the goodness of God by your thoughtfulness, by your kindness, by your mercy, by your tenderness. You remembered something. You ever, you ever look at that list of the birthdays and stuff? I can't keep up with it. <laughs> but every once in a while, I look at it and I go, wow, I'm having a birthday. Remember something. Be thoughtful about something. It's, show the goodness of God. Show the goodness of God. You're not just thinking about yourself. Okay, so here we see God in Genesis chapter 1. And I, I take the first part of Genesis as being... Uh, really, the thoughtfulness of God. I mean, how could you be more thoughtful? <laughs> he's, he's being very thoughtful in every way, in every creative way. But uh, Ephesians 2.10 tells us, uh, you know, the thing about works, uh, things to be done which God prepared in advance. But also, uh, Ephesians 5.17 says, don't act Thoughtlessly. Now, this, this is uh, in the NLT, but it's, that's what it means. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Uh, you know what the Lord wants you to do? He wants you to be thankful. He wants you to rejoice. He wants you to be thoughtful. And you can't be thoughtful and rude at the same time. Very hard. Very hard. The love of God takes on the goodness characteristic of God. And it is thoughtful. 
He chose us in him. This is Ephesians 1, 4. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So not only did he think about you, the boys, he thought about you being holy and blameless, totally in his presence. That's the way he was envisioning you. Now that's a pretty good vision. He's going to make you. He knows that there's crazy stuff going to happen. But he knows that he can make you holy and blameless. And that is what he's thinking about. Before the universe is made, he's thinking about you. He's thinking about making you holy and blameless. This is awesome. He's thinking about you. So he makes everything work in the universe, on the earth, everything work perfectly so that you and I can exist. We can exist. We can breathe. We can eat. What, what, I guess I heard one time that Jupiter, if Jupiter was just moved by, you know, an, an inch, <laughs> uh, it, it could be any life on earth. And it actually shields us from all these meteors and stuff. The way God set everything up is perfect. 100% perfect. 100% perfect. Now Satan comes in, the interloper, messes some stuff up. But God has purpose for you. He was thinking about you before he made all of that perfect stuff. He was thinking about you being holy and blameless in his presence. He was thinking about you. That's awesome. That's, all, that, that's thoughtful. That is thoughtful. You know, us, we think, well, I, don't, I don't know if we can make a list. I'm not going to think about them too much. Oh, there's all these things that could happen along the way. I better not get... No, he's thinking about you. He's thinking good things about you. What does God want for you? He wants you to have a future. Hope. He wants good things for you. That's who God is. What does Satan want? Satan wants you to get all tangled up. All tangled up. No boundaries. Nothing. Just get tangled up in the morass of evil and never get back out again. And never be in the presence of God. Man, that's stark. That is stark. The goodness of God, the holiness of God, all of these things go together. And then talking about Jesus himself, the Apostle Peter said, He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. He was chosen before everything. Just like God was thinking about you before everything. And he comes in the last times. Why? For your sake. Your sake. Not the masses. Not some generic mass. Your sake. Your sake. Put your name in there. Jesus Christ was chosen before everything was made to make you blameless and holy. That's for your sake. 
Wow. Wow. Now, in the end, it's for his sake. <laughs> but I'm still saying wow. <laughs> wow. That's what it says. That's what it says. Okay, now this explains a little bit about the, the compassion, the, the empathy, the thoughtfulness of God. All of these things go together. And, and they all link up with one of the other characteristics there that we find also in the box, generosity. Generosity and goodness go together. Oh, it's still in the box. I better get it out. Generosity. Inside of God's love is generosity. You know, from the time I was a little kid, people who are penny pinchers kind of bug me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying only, you know, self-reliant, you know, figure out everything, you know, the, the worth of money. But I'm telling you, God is no penny pincher. He's no penny pincher. God's not looking for a deal. He's not looking for a best bargain. God is pouring himself out all day long for you. For you. And man, <laughs> you talk about generosity. The, the generosity of God is just unbelievable. I mean, we, we could spend another week just, just reading about his generosity. From the beginning, from Deuteronomy 15.8, we're told, be generous. Now, th this is connected to the law. Be generous. In Deuteronomy 15.10, we're told to give generously. In Psalm 37.21, the wicked, the wicked borrow and never repay... But the godly are generous givers. What are godly people? Holy, blameless, yes. Generous. The most generous people on the face of the earth should be followers of Jesus Christ. Because they have every spiritual blessing. All of the riches that are possible, says Paul. All the riches that are possible. You and I are supposed to be generous people. And uh, to a point that you don't even keep track, man. You don't even keep track. <laughs> That's the whole thing about give the guy your cloak. You know, he, 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 wants, he wants this, well, I'll give him that too. Jesus, Jesus isn't being funny. Well, maybe. But he, is, he is making a point. Now, this isn't like... Okay, go find every scam artist and give everything, you know, give it all away. He's actually saying, somebody's in need, you respond to their need. Just like a good Samaritan. Ah, another story. The generosity. That guy put him up in a hotel for a while. His own money. Generosity. Crazy. Yes. Turn to our God, says Isaiah. Turn to our God, for he will give generously. You know, I need to remember this. In turning to God, 
not only do a number of good things happen spiritually, but when we turn God's direction, he opens up and he is generous. That's what Isaiah says, 55-7. That's what he says. He's a generous God. Yes. Yes. Yes, right, right. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about this some when we talk about expressing uh, God's love. Um, but there are several things that somebody who is wise, there's several things that you and I will do. Um, you know, you, you, if you're wise, if you have spiritual understanding or insight, you will be able to assess situations. And, and if somebody does something, you know, that is obviously foolish, when you have responded in a genuine way, you know, maybe, maybe more than once, and they continue to do foolishness with it, then you go somewhere else. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the thing of investing in this particular village, and if, if they're not receptive, then you go to the next village. Uh, there is an investment aspect to this. And... Um, You'll notice that, that Jesus chose very carefully the people that he went to. And most of them were needy in various ways. They were needy, especially spiritually needy. But Jesus picked them out. You know what happens today? Today, especially if, with panhandlers, they're picking you out. <laughs> now, I'm just, I just, you know, Jesus says to be as uh, innocent as doves, as wise as serpents. He, he means it. You, you don't just walk into, you know, somebody's net when they're a master manipulator. You know, if, you, if you can actually, you know, spot manipulators, I, I, I kind of can, uh, <laughs> generally speaking. And I still sometimes help them the first time, but you can, you can actually spot it. You, you don't want to be on their radar. You want to find them. You want to look genuinely upon them. You don't want to just be doing handouts left and right with no real possibility of sharing the good news or caring about that person, you want to have an opportunity. Jesus Christ made an opportunity with that one person, and he goes over to their house, <laughs> and he talks to them and eats with them, and he makes an impact on them, spiritually. Uh, it's very interesting to see uh, up close the way Jesus uses his interactions. He invests very strategically in each one of these people that need need the love of God badly but he's not just going to say oh yeah what do you need man I'll, I'll write you a check no he's trying to get at the base of who they are and what they need spiritually because that's the thing that counts yeah you, you can buy somebody a sandwich it's okay but in the end you, you want them to be in the presence of God forever what's the point What's the point? Yeah.
It gets more complicated. Right. Well, and that's that's another thing. You you have to have some wisdom, especially I would say, you know, uh, yeah, I, you have to you have to show some wisdom uh, in in these kinds of situations, especially in you know where we live. Um, but in relationships, it gets trickier. And and yeah, right, right. 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 No, and that's very tricky. We'll, we'll actually talk about that a little bit. Um, part of this thing, you know, we'll get to something called uh, hiding from love because it's it's uh, human beings uh, play games. What can I say? Um, I kind of don't like it because I'm a kind of a straightforward person, but some human beings play games. They play games in almost every relationship, quote unquote. Uh, and it's of no use. It's of no use. It really doesn't serve God properly in any way. And you basically have this kind of back and forth manipulating or kind of an acceptable mutual manipulation thing going on. It's of no use. Uh, we're talking about just being genuinely uh, generous. We'll talk about setting boundaries and some other stuff, um, like maybe two more Sundays. And we have to do that. <laughs> Any relationship class, that if you don't get to talking about boundaries, even in the context of agape, um, you're, you're going you're gonna to have some real issues because human beings are always uh, going to find the, uh, the path of least resistance. They're going to you know, tend to do that, especially if they're not focused on Jesus every day. Um, so there's, there's a lot to talk about there. Thank you. Um, now, Psalm 112 in verse 4 says, Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Um, this, this is the kind of life you and I are supposed to be leading. Uh, the godly, um, the, the light shines in the darkness for the godly. You have all this evil, all this evil. I, I can still remember this when I was like 16, 17 years old in high school. And I had some old, uh, crusty guys kind of talking to me about being too optimistic, you know? And they were like old curmudgeons. They're like, oh, I, I don't know why you want to do that. I don't know what you have to do. They're just negative about everything. Just negative about everything. And I was like trying to be positive. And they're like, man, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Don't you know the world is messed up? You're going to learn the world is messed up. I know the world's messed up. I mean, I've been around the world already. By the time I was 16, 17, I saw stuff. I, that's not the point. The point is, what are you going to do with your life? Do you want to become, you know, a curmudgeon, you know, mumbling all the time so I can hear you? I, don't, I just don't like that. I have, it's ridiculous. The world is a terrible place. Or you could say, man, okay, God has something amazing going on. I need to, to receive this from him. He is the source. I can't just make this up. This is the other thing. People think that, you know, positive stuff is like all, I don't know, Tony Robbins or something. 
No. It is the Word of God. <laughs> the Word of God is very, very positive. It has a negative side to it because it's the truth, but it's very positive and encouraging. Every time you read the Word of God, you are lifted up. I just read you some passages in the Psalms and it's about the goodness of God, and I was lifted up. I just read you one little verse. Light shines in the darkness. We're surrounded by a bunch of nonsense. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Don't give that up. Do not become a stiff, old stick in the mud. Keep loving people. You've got to set boundaries. You've got to talk to honest with them. You've got to, you know, but be generous. Be compassionate. Blessed are those who are generous, says Proverbs 22.9. Isaiah says, generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. Yeah, Isaiah 32.8. Write it down. Well, you want to stand firm in something? I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand firm in generosity. Who ever heard that? Isaiah, Mr. Tough Guy. Isaiah is saying generosity. You stand firm in your generosity. The world is messed up. People will take advantage of you. You stand firm in your generosity. They plan to do what is generous. It's not just all spontaneous. Hey, I got to have wow. No, you actually plan. That person is really hurting right now. I'm going to go spend some time with them. I'm going to pray with them. I'm going to see what they need. They plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm, not in something else, but in the generosity that comes from the living God. Awesome. Really awesome. Okay, well, Romans 12, 8 says, Give generously. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, The one who plants generously will get a generous crop. This is the principle of God. You, you want good things to happen in your life? Become generous. Yeah. And you, and don't be looking at your, uh, your, whatever it is, your balance sheet, your T-bar, whatever. Don't be looking at, you know, financial statements. You just realize what God has poured out for you, and you share it with somebody else, and your life becomes better. God will generously provide all you need. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Cheryl and I spent uh, our whole lives last 40 years seeing that work in particular seeing it work the uh, last 18 uh, years or so before we came to Laurel uh, we live by the generosity of God nothing else um, nothing else he provided all of our needs and he will and he does even if you don't think about it that way right now he does oh how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 1.14 Give generously to others in need. 1 Timothy 6.18 Be rich in good works and generous to those in need. James 1.5 Ask our generous God. That's who he is. That's who he is. He gives grace generously. He generously poured out 
the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior, Titus 3, 6. That's why we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. You talk about generosity. You talk about generosity. We're not making the most of that. We're not making the most of that every day. I'm just telling you, you're leaving a bunch of stuff in the box, unwrapped, every day. Every day. Every day. You got stuff to do, I know. We got we to gotta keep unwrapping all this. If you like uh, to read stuff, uh, we're coming into uh, some stuff that's related to these two books. One by Dr. John Townsend called Loving People, How to Love and Be Loved. Loving People, very interesting. And the other one, Hiding from Love, by Dr. John Townsend and uh, a little bit of help from a couple other people. Hiding from Love. And we're going to talk about this because there are people, even in our church, right now, who are hiding from the love of God. They don't want the love of God to take over who they are. Right now. They might even be in the lobby. Right now, there are people who are not... (laughs) accepting, receiving properly the love of God so that it can transform them. Uh, Very good books. I wouldn't say perfect, but very good books written from a Christian perspective anyway. God bless you. Have a great week. Remember how good he is.